Welcome to the Serve Conscious Podcast, where people and companies can learn the inner game of service and tap into the fullest power of the service opportunity. So join me and let's master the service mindset together and up-level service the world over. And I encourage you to check out my partner, the Institute for Organizational Mindfulness, which is on a mission to help people and companies to incorporate mindfulness into their culture and raise performance, efficiency, general happiness, and everything that we want from going to work. So link is in the show notes for you to go deeper into that as well as the mindful service movement. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome. How's it going today? So it's been a really exciting few weeks, had the 100th episode recently, and as it happens, the guests that have been appearing on the show have been just trippier and trippier in terms of just how unexpected and I guess important to my own like life and journey and past. So really cool guests and conversations coming to the show, so definitely check those out. But for now, for this one, it's going to be just me. So pour yourself a cup of tea and check in with yourself, asking whether you're fine with hearing just this voice for the next 25 minutes or so, because it's going to be just that. So today I wanted to return to a common service challenge. I would call this a parasite that attacks mindset and positivity and general staying power in this industry of service. And it's so fundamental that I don't think it can be spoken about enough because it's so easily shaken and has such a radiating effect on everything else in our lives of service. And that has to do with our self-worth and our self-image as people serving, which is, if we allow it, constantly under attack by the daily exchanges that the service role demands. Now, does that mean the people we serve are constantly saying, hey, you're my slave and must do my bidding, or you are a lowly human being? No, probably not, actually. Most of the time, depending on your service role, sometimes there's a lot of anger and hostility you're dealing with. But even if the majority of the people you interact with are kind, patient, or even just neutral, even just not particularly one way or the other, we will project upon them all of our own baggage, all of our own feelings of inadequacy, of unworthiness, of generally not being where we want to be in life. Or even if we are, we might project upon them maybe some mistake we made, maybe some way we're not performing how we want to at this work we care so much about. Whatever it is, there are probably expectations you're not living up to. Self-determined, self-created expectations. And when that is the case, when there's like a gap between how you are hoping to look, where you are hoping to be in your life, and how things are going in this moment or during this week or in this last year, any gap there, 
is just going to create a certain malaise, a certain gray blanket over everything, if you allow it. However, you can also be absolutely not where you want to be in life and be frustrated and carry this in a way that is more upright and more loving of yourself. And we'll get to how to do that. But it's just first good to understand how much your own sense of yourself infiltrates your experience in doing the work you do. I don't want to say it's like at the core of everything or it's the biggest, most important thing. I think that's irresponsible and unrealistic for any teacher of anything to say something is the biggest, most important thing, even though it feels like it. I just don't think you can say that if you're honestly teaching mindfulness because who knows is our general approach to life. Maybe there's something bigger. Maybe there's something more important. The mysteries of human experience are deeper than we can imagine, but it's really instrumental. You can witness this proof positive in your daily experience. Your walking around doing your thing, you accomplish a wonderful thing that you really wanted to turn out and you feel great about yourself, that is going to filter your interactions with others tremendously. You're going to interpret what they say differently. You're going to speak to them differently. You're going to be able to deal with someone's hostility differently. It's probably not going to drag you down as much. The opposite occurs. You are struggling, failing, maybe feeling defeated about not making progress in some area of your life. Or just someone said something mean to you that really got to you, that really dug deep. And, or maybe all this stuff happened at once. You know, life tends to work like that, right? Like, it's just like never just one thing. It's like, one straw gets pulled out and then a bunch of others start to fall out as well, right? You're going to be more likely to interpret a neutral person's treatment of you as hostile because that's now what your brain has wound itself up to look for. This could be called confirmation bias, right? When you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Uh, There's a lot of other words for it. It doesn't really matter what you call it. Either way, Your picture of the world is completely influenced by your view of yourself in that moment. And you might be saying, well, no, it's not from my view of myself. It's just because things didn't go well. And it's frustrating and I'm mad. Well, why is it frustrating? Why are you mad? Because those emotions are in response to your image of yourself and what you would like to be what you would like to look like, how you would like to perform, wasn't fulfilled. It's like, here's the satisfactory version of me. It's up here. And then down lower, I'm doing stuff with my hands that you can't see. I should learn by now that in podcasts, no one could see my hands. But, you know, my performance was down here. You're not mad about the performance. You're mad about the story that performance tells about your general integrity as a human. Your mind might not be saying it. Your mind might be saying, oh, if only the situation were different. But really, the heart of those painful feelings is this deep fear 
that you're perhaps not good enough. So often it just comes down to that. I can speak from experience as a coach and teacher of mindfulness where I'm constantly working with those deeper strata of the mind. And also any coach will say that. It's like, you know, someone sits down and talks about how they want to be more productive or eat a little better and exercise more. And you start addressing what's in the way of that. When a couple layers are peeled back, what's underneath is always like, but I'm worried I'm not worthy, but I'm worried I'm not good enough. Almost every time. And acknowledging that is game changing. Allowing yourself to acknowledge that is difficult because I think we want to imagine that we're confident in ourselves. Because maybe you think it's like weak or unhealthy to not have total confidence in yourself and to doubt your worthiness. But look at it like this. Your mind is just doing what it does. This isn't like a deep flaw in your programming. This is the mind carrying out its natural function to make sure that you're okay and you have everything you need. Now, the way it goes about telling you this story isn't very helpful and supportive. The way it goes about forming your self-image is very destructive and toxic a lot of the time. So all you got to do is start channeling this function into something more supportive. And you can start doing that by first acknowledging, hey, I'm doubting myself right now. Hey, my mind is telling me that I'm not good enough. I'm dysfunctional in some way. I'm deficient in some way. Whatever form this belief takes, it's usually amounting to the same thing and painting the same picture, just maybe using different words. There's a million ways to say, I suck, right? Well, there's also quite a number of ways to say, I'm okay. I'm worthy. My life is worthwhile. I have value. But don't just try leaping to that and not believing it when you're faced with this doubt in yourself. First, acknowledge that your mind is doing a very normal thing. And doing that will separate you from that story. And this is key because most of the time we're just lost in it and we just think it's reality, right? We're just walking around, having screwed up, thinking we suck. And because we think we suck, that's somehow reality. No, it's just your mind telling a story that you suck because it thinks it's going to get you on the right track. Usually it doesn't though, right? You just go forth having sucky interactions, doing sucky work, hating every moment of it, and at the end of the day feeling drained and like life is going nowhere. Well, if you want to jam that pattern, the first step is to acknowledge simply that it's a moment of struggle and that's okay. It's a moment of doubt in yourself and that's okay. Everybody has this experience. Super confident, formidable looking people constantly have this experience and it's okay. It is amazing what just doing that will do for your feeling of okayness, because that's ultimately what we're looking for here. Like life's challenging, life throws us curveballs, we screw up. We still want to feel okayness amidst that. We may know that we need to do better and improve something, but still know that fundamentally we're okay. We're okay as a learning being that's always evolving and growing, right? 
So create that separation from the story. This isn't reality. It's just your mind giving you an information feed that you do not have to believe. Just because your mind's saying it doesn't mean you have to believe it. Feel those feelings. You'll feel it. You know, there's a physical, visceral feeling of like having screwed up and maybe worrying that we're not worthy. But you can drop that worry. You can say, it's just my mind doing this. I don't have to believe it. Every story is optional. Feelings really aren't. They got to run their course. They got to do what they do. But the feelings aren't the problematic part. They aren't the part that are going to throw you off your service game. Feelings felt on their own, independent of the story, are generally really manageable. It's the story that oppresses you. It's the story that makes a simple experience of misstepping or fumbling something or things not going how you expected, even though they probably went great to any other observer. All of those things get their intensity way inflated and their life is extended and their damage is extended so often by your mind appropriating and hijacking that experience and then just playing it on repeat to continue to corrode your view of yourself and your worthiness. Now, in case you've heard all of this before, I'm now going to take a complete and utter left turn and tell you what all of this has to do with privilege. Wait, what? Race and privilege, you might be asking. How does that fit in? Well, I've been having as many conversations as I can about uh, diversity and inclusion in the workplace because I think that is so critical in the service cultures of organizations. And I can only have so much of an opinion, really, because I'm a you know white male and I have enjoyed privileges and status levels my whole life. So I'm just playing what my role seems to best be in this whole process of evolution of our cultures to be more inclusive. And that's just to listen and reflect on my own beliefs, assumptions, and as we've been talking about today, views of myself. And recently I had been sort of reflecting on why I got impatient or frustrated or maybe just bristled a little bit at the idea of being called privileged and why so many people in my field really couldn't entertain that idea that they could be privileged and in a position of privilege. Because when you are serving, regardless of how much of an easier life your gender, race, or sexuality has afforded you, regardless of how privileged your position is, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel privileged. Service often feels like the opposite of privilege. You can feel like the oppressed. You can feel like a victim a lot of the time. You don't feel like you've risen very high at all in this society. You feel like you get looked down upon by everybody because the obligations of service and the abuses one often feels like they have to endure can potentially switch those roles. People that maybe were born into a less privileged race, class, gender can really cause someone serving them to feel rather dehumanized. 
And, you know, when I say they're like making or causing the person serving them to feel this way, if you listen to the show before, you probably picked up that I stand pretty firmly on the fact that no one can make anyone feel anything, right? You can behave a certain way and the person on the receiving end can choose to interpret it however they please. And that determines the feeling. The feeling's always dependent on the person receiving it, which doesn't excuse abusive behavior. It just empowers the person receiving it to respond how they most want to. But let's just say people act a certain way and it can be interpreted as disrespect, cruelty, easily, no problem, right? And in that moment, the person serving would have a hard time believing that they're privileged. Let's say it's a white male serving somebody and they're being abusive and making them feel tiny. By making, I mean saying stuff that can be interpreted as, I think you're tiny and you should believe that you are a tiny, lowly human being, right? Pretty hard to convince someone they're privileged when they're having that experience. And actually take someone who's experienced that time and time again in this service role that has been doing nothing but feed a story that they haven't gotten anywhere in life and their job is so unfulfilling and the results of so many bad decisions and failures to succeed. Let's say this person is a white male and has all those other characteristics you'd normally associate with a privileged status. Tell them that they're privileged. They're probably going to feel even worse about themselves because that would imply that you've had so many more opportunities to succeed in this life. You have it so much better than so many other people and everything still really sucks for you. Life couldn't feel like more of a failure. And this conversation about privilege has been going for some time now. And since my young adulthood and the early days of my service career, I've heard this conversation going and It stings when you reflect on yourself and think, well, if I'm privileged, boy, am I blowing it. And I wonder how much this belief, this mindset is at the heart of a lot of people bristling at the idea of being privileged. Because here's the thing, no matter how good you have it, it's still going to be a failure if you're playing the comparison game to how much better things can be. This has been studied across nations. The ones that are more invested in that dream of modern materialism and success, you know, get the job, money, cars, whatever images of glamour are most appealing to you, right? That's the dream, quote unquote, of happiness and success. When I have those things, I will be happy. It's proven empirically to not be true time and time again, but the societies that most believe that acquiring these things will result in a better and happier life, those societies are the most miserable because they compare whatever their life is at that moment to this better life out there. They're the most miserable. Societies with exponentially less than others are happy insofar as they don't plot what they have against the images of more stuff, more glamour, etc., etc. This is true 
within, you know, little micro communities and class levels within a society. You could be doing something that feels quote unquote working class if you are comparing it to some quote-unquote, higher class level, you'll be miserable doing that work. If you don't, then you will be happy if it is something that is nourishing to do. That's another conversation. But all things remaining equal, greater misery happens from greater comparison to your expectation of what things can be. And expectation is a good word here because usually it has to do with how we expect our life could or should be if we were just simply better, a better version of ourselves. And every time the moment doesn't show that, we feel like we've let ourselves down a bit. Anytime a sign of that reveals itself, like someone talking down to us, us having to like swallow our tongue while someone's abusing us, we feel like... We are not living up to our expectations of a stronger, more empowered, more fully realized human. Golly, what's the antidote to this? Well, I'll give you a hint. It's not getting more stuff. It's not getting the glamorous life. Like I've said, I can't find a single study that has proven that more stuff equals more happiness. It just hasn't been shown to be true. The answer is owning privilege. (laughs) Loving privilege, embracing privilege, not in the form of I'm such a privileged scumbag or I should be happy with what I've got because some people might have it worse or other such stories that are just meant to pile on the baggage of guilt. Now, what I'm talking about here takes the form of gratitude, of looking at your life not in the form of what you don't have, of how much better it can be, of how much more you could have lived up to your expectations, and looking at what you already have. And that isn't reducible just to your race or your class or other aspects of your cultural identity, the value of who you are goes much deeper than that. Start looking at the details of your privilege. For example, you're privileged because you have a job where you have the opportunity to help people. I don't want to say make them happy. We know that doesn't always happen, but make their life a little easier. Raise their emotional state just a little bit. That is a privilege. Stuff like that. Start looking at details of your career, details of your own life, but individual details. And then if you go into acknowledging the privilege of being white, if you're white, of being male, if you're male, of carrying some other signifier that affords you some kind of privilege, whatever that is, and keep it clean, keep it guilt-free, keep it baggage-free. You can just simply say to yourself, It is a privilege to be able to make it home safely. Not everyone feels as safe walking around as someone in my position. That's it. You don't have to get into the spiral of guilt of, I haven't appreciated this life enough. I'm part of the problem. I haven't done enough with my life. 
Just appreciate that simple truth. And you'll be more likely to face these uncomfortable truths when you just acknowledge the simple truth of them and don't take the invitation to spiral into stories of your own failures. That will disincentivize you from thinking about that. Just like we talked about self-compassion leading to success. You're more successful because you'll be willing to do things that are difficult, knowing that you're going to be kinder to yourself through the process, right? It is not helpful to take these things on as a form of lack in terms of how you're living your life. Bring a simplicity of gratitude to it. As much as the mind will want to complicate it with guilt, just bring a quality of gratitude to being white and or male or whatever it is. Bringing that gratitude, that simple gratitude to your allotment of privilege will not only make you more ready and able to deal with what can be a complicated and unapproachable issue. For example, I used to be scared crapless of talking about this stuff on my platform. In fact, I'm still completely prepared to be put in my place and smacked around for just completely missing the mark. But knowing that whatever comes in, it's just information that I can use to course correct and refine my approach and not some degradation of my worthiness as a human. That liberates me to deal with what I would normally consider not something I could approach. Secondly, looking at privilege and embracing it is good practice for just generally appreciating where you are in life, piece by piece. Because all misery comes from thinking things should be better than they are. And all happiness comes from acknowledging all of the things that are good about how they are right now. Or at least just worthwhile, even though they're hard. And I want to add that if you are part of a group that struggles with diversity and inclusion, I am not saying to try and warp the story into something like, oh, you're privileged, just as privileged as all of the, the white, straight, male folks, and you should have just as much gratitude for your life. No. All this is is an invitation to bring a quality of gratitude to whatever you can because it is healthy, valuable, and empowering and doesn't have to take away from your mission for greater equity and justice in society. It never does. Those two things do not conflict with each other if they are both embraced fully and wisely. Because whatever the fight is, I say fight that fight. Fight the good fight. Fight it tooth and nail. But one of your greatest weapons that you can carry in your arsenal throughout that fight is a sense of self-worth. And self-worth depends on you not taking the invitation to compare yourself to some image of betterness. And it requires that you shed those expectations of yourself to have done better. That adds so much more unnecessary grind and you'll end up wasting energy on frustration and guilt. Energy that can be spent on a higher mission. Because the fact that you are lesser than the person you're serving, just because they're speaking condescendingly to you, that is simply a story. And believing that story is optional. You decide your own worth and your own dignity. And you can start building that 
brick by brick by looking at and appreciating all the aspects of you that bring value to others and all the aspects of your life where there's an opportunity to do so. And while we're talking about the more radical possibilities, all the opportunities where you can create change in your workplace, in your community, so that others can have greater opportunities for their greatness to come out too. All right. Thank you so much, guys. You have a great day. Check out the website, www.serveconscious.com for more free content. Get on that mailing list. Get access to free online workshops and all of our juicy content when it is fresh off the line. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Ciao.